welcome welcome to the stock rap podcast and today i have a very special guest he's a uh, he's part he's he's not a new addition anymore he's been here in our family <laughs> for a long time at this point for a long time 6 plus years 7 years yeah, yeah. so let me welcome him his name is praveen walikat madthil family we got that right <laughs> it's <laughs> a mouthful it's a mouthful dude but, but you know as a malayali it's like if you don't get it right then it's like a it's a disgrace if you are not able to do that <laughs> true true thanks so for welcome. having me on kanan super cool to be so, here man so i had a chance to listen to some of your past episodes it's uh, oh, they bad <laughs> it's really cool really no man it's awesome like okay. i think i've been through there are about 20 episodes so far and i've been through like about 15 or so and it's it's really good man really good oh nice dude thank you so much So how's it been? How's the how's it been so far? Uh I guess it's been a it's been an interesting year I suppose not year maybe a year and a half um mm. between the pandemic the arrival of the little one and all the the madness of work given me I work in like a logistical environment um mm. it's it's been definitely an interesting time but I think it's also been super cool cuz Um, I think having a kid is something that uh, changes your perception and your life uh, across the board, and uh, it's been awesome. I can't imagine. It's do been you, awesome do to be see, a dad. Do you see any difference between how how your life was before the kid and how is it now? Like in the sense, like his life has definitely changed one hundred percent, right? Because <laughs> everything now revolves around the kiddo and uh, what works and his schedules and. Uh, um you know what what's kid friendly versus not etc i mean back in the day i guess everything was very very unplanned we never used to plan anything we used to just jump into a car or go somewhere and you know like just do things uh, in the moment if you will planning was never the the key forte now everything is like well planned out just to make sure that you know the little man's kind of having fun along the way i don't think we've stopped ourselves from doing anything per se i mean obviously you can't do the late nights at the bars or you know mm-hmm. try to do a really long distance trip without proper planning but other than that mm-hmm. i think we've been decent at doing things but everything is in short bursts because he's 7 months old so you can't do you know if you're going to the park or going for a walk it's got to be a short walk um, mm-hmm. and you got to kind of do it around how you know how hungry he is going to be and how do we get him back to a place where he can you know get a meal and things like that but so yeah so those things have definitely changed quite a bit uh, but then again the way you look at things also change so whatever used to be stress drivers before now doesn't seem as bad you're like ha huh, these are small things <laughs> i can go play with but, a kid and do this later uh, yeah but like do you ever feel like you know when you if you if you want to like go and go to the bar or something like that do you ever feel like uh, oh i got a kid and i can't do all this stuff like do you ever feel like it's, you need to do something that's a bit like uh, indulging self self indulging or something like that do you feel like oh i got a kid now i can't go, i can't go and do that Uh, I mean, yeah. There are times you'll be like, yeah. Well, back in the day, I would have just gone to a bar for this. But one of the things that also happens is, I think majority of the people who are your, you know, circle of friends or people you interact with a lot in your personal life, usually tend to be give or take. You know, not too far away from your age. So there's always a good, you know, you know, group of your friends who are in a similar boat. So you can still go to a bar but you'll go to a patio bar where you can sit outside and you know there's a kid friendly setup and so it won't be like a club right or uh, uh, if you want to do something else you want to go to a restaurant there's always 
Yeah, newly dads group. <laughs> this is always awesome. new dads or even experienced dads are ready to get and show you the ropes of what needs to be done. So you you still get to indulge in everything you want. It's just that the setting changes a bit. Um, but yeah, and I think it takes a bit more of planning. So it it can't be like let's do something in the next half hour. It has to be always let's do something in the evening or let's do something tomorrow. I think that's a change. But uh, so yeah, so that guilty story what doesn't happen because I think at least new gen dads still do what they want. <laughs> so do the new gen moms. It's just that I think opportunities have increased and the market's kind of you know ramped up. This is kind of weird, man. Like I used to, we used to talk about this when we lived in Houston. We moved to Houston in what 2000. And uh, Amru got there in 2010 or so. I moved out in 2011 um, from overseas. So. When we got there, Houston was like this huge party town. It was all clubs. Like there were just clubs, and you know there were like pubs per se, but it was not like patio bars or things that are a bit more friendly to family setup. And um, by the time we got to 2015, like the the town actually had a huge boom in kids. I think because mm-hmm. all our friends who were you know like single at that point were married, started having kids and stuff, and suddenly you could see a change in the the entire landscape. Like all of a sudden, now you had all these patio bars, which was never a thing. Suddenly you have these patio bars where you can sit outside, you know, kids can play. You have these sports bars which actually had. You know, small courts on the sides where you can play volleyball or whatever you want, and on the other side there was like a small play area for kids. So the market evolved because I think the demographics changed as well. So I think that happens in in a lot of these towns, and you just kind of go with the flow. So interesting. Yeah, I mean that's pretty cool, man. Like, but that time in Houston, like when you first came there, you didn't meet Ambro that time, right? Like when did you when did you actually meet Ambro? Oh, much later. So, um, so I studied in the US. I was there from like 2007 to 2009. Then I shipped overseas for work. So, I, you know, joined Schlumberger Oil and Gas, and I kind of moved through the Middle East for the next two years. I was living out of a suitcase. I think I literally called Saudi home officially, like a container in the middle of the desert, but literally worked around the region. So I spent like four months in, you know, UAE. I was in. Qatar for a couple of months, Kuwait for a few. So I kept moving around a lot, and then by 2011, you know, I got pulled back in, and they said, "Okay, you had fun in operations. Come back into engineering." And, and I went back into engineering. And um, it was around 2013 that um, I actually met Amru, and it was through a friend. So he kind of, um, I don't know if it was a, a, a setup that he had in his mind, or you know, if he was he was just trying to let fate play out. He kind of gave me a heads up one day, saying, "Hey, listen, I got a friend in town who's who's kind of new to Houston. So here I'm thinking, oh wow, you know, somebody who's from you know Chennai who's new to Houston, I should you know go give this person a hand. So I kind of reached out and you know gave Amru a call, and I was like, hey, welcome to Houston, and how are you doing, and all that stuff. And she's like, I've been here for like three years. Like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oops. Uh, like, so yeah, that's uh, all right. Bad. At least the first impression didn't go. Like, didn't go as planned. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious, dude. It was funny. So that's how we. Uh, that's how we kind of decided to let's catch up for a drink and you know, uh, you know, exchange some notes. And we had a lot of common friends. We realized on that first chat too, because um, a lot of my really good friends from undergrad were kind of from the same circle that Amru and her family kind of you know interacted with. So, so super cool. Yeah, that's how we met, and then you know, we started dating later. That's cool, man. Like so, uh, let me like go a little bit back. Actually, like maybe like go to their childhood because like I want to know something about that time. Like uh, so, you you were you studied your entire childhood was in Cochin, right? The whole your yep, whole childhood yep. was hardcore. 
I'm so that's the thing, right? Like I'm I'm what I call a proper Kochi kid. So there was Ernakulam, which was you know in our world very different, and <laughs> I was in Fort Cochin. So so I think we moved to Fort Cochin in '92. So um, my dad, um, he was in uh, the plantation sector, right? So hmm. he spent like 16 years before we came to Cochin, kind of moving through all the different estates, plantations, and and. That kind of a lifestyle, and then in '92, uh, we were at that point in Mundakem, which is in uh, Kotem district, and we had a you know estate that Harrison's had an estate called um, Boys Estate. So that's where we were, and then I thought you know got an opportunity to come into the to the corporate side, the corporate office in Cochin. So in '92 we moved over, and it was a good time because me and my brother were just kind of gearing up to. You know, I was he's three years younger to me, so I was in first grade. He was. You know, starting LKG, and usually the only option you had when you were in the plantation life is you need to go to a boarding. So, mm. you know, all our, you know, all of Acha's colleagues or friends and their kids were all kind of, you know, went through uh, um, schools of Nuti or any of those boarding schools in in India, right? So the the thing thinking thinking then was okay, maybe my you know myself and my brother we might need to start doing the same, and they were kind of thinking about putting us in either you know Lawrence or one of those schools. Or maybe even that, you know, Amma might need to go stay in one of the cities and then, you know, Acha stays in the estate and a lot of frequent back and forth on weekends. So when we came to Cochin, it was super exciting. So then we were landed up in Fort Cochin that too. This is before the rest of, I think, Kerala discovered like Fort what Cochin. Fort Cochin was. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm like one of the original uh, oh, Fort Cochin kids. <laughs> Seriously. So it's kind of funny, right? Like Tashis, which is, you know, ah, like yeah, I think Kashi a staple now. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. who started Kashi's is a very good friend of mine. His 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 cousin actually, and we used to go there back in the day, right? Like, and his wife used to kind of make these chocolate cakes for us. And Kashi's was not even a thing, and he was just, you know, this awesome guy who was into artwork and all that stuff. And he started a small cafe, and then like seven years later, like <laughs> Kashi's is a staple, <laughs> and suddenly Fort Kitchen was rediscovered by the rest of. Yeah. Kerala, so I think that was exciting. But yeah, we were there, and uh, it was a fun life. I went to a school there, Delta study. Delta study. It. it was. You won like I, in, I think around. I think I don't know when it was, but I think it was when I was in eleventh or twelfth. I played like a football. We played like a inter inter school tournament or something, a football tournament yeah, in yeah, Delta. Yeah. And the the Delta Cup was like this big thing, you know. Like I, I was part of the NCS team, right? So yeah. we, we kind of like uh, um, even my childhood, my entire childhood was in, was basically in Cochin itself. Like if you take away like uh, like I would say lower KG, lower kindergarten, I think I did it in Goa, but everything mm-hmm. else was basically Cochin. So like so basically like we grew up with that sort of and I also I went to school in Billington Island, so it's in the yeah. naval Katari naval base Katari Bag region, right? So like I had so many friends from Fort Cochin. Even now also like that you know true. one of my yeah so. I, I obviously I knew a lot of people there, so we used to play this tournament. I think in eleven or twelve, it was a Delta Cup. Delta, Delta Cup, Cup, yeah, I remember Delta that. Cup was such a big thing, man. I remember, like, it, it, we used to be like, okay, there are a couple of tournaments we need to win. One is the Tokich, Tokich, uh, what is it? Tokich tournament, I think the Tokich Cup, the Delta Cup, um, a CC and. Uh, uh, oh, I remember that one. I've been to that one too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. And the, yeah, and then the, uh, the All Kerala CPSC tournament. So like, I remember we going like we were going to the Delta. We we went to the tournament. We played. I was there in the team, and I played so shit that day. And then after that, I couldn't get into the team after that. 
Actually, <laughs> uh, I was my so bad that Prashant was on the team. So he, I don't know. He might have played against him back in the day. He used to be a a fullback playing defense for the Delta but team. But Prashant is way older than me, right? He's like uh, uh, yeah, but uh, it depends on what year you were on the team. So he was playing fullback when he was in twelve. So, but I guess yeah, you were. You said you went in the eleventh, no? Yeah, you would yeah, have missed. Yeah. You would have missed yeah. him by a couple of years. Yeah. 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 So, I, mean, like, I think the Delta Cup started when I was in uh, ninth grade or so. So, because uh, it it only started in like 2000, no, 1999 or 98. Uh, we didn't have uh, it till then, and I still remember it was a big phase shift because Delta used to be big into tennis, and we had a big tennis tournament and things yeah, like that. Yeah. And the football team was not that great, and we had a good cricket team, and then. Um, We had this coach, uh, Rufus Uncle. He's, he's, you know, quite well known in the football circles, and all the kids in school used to go play with him mm-hmm. after school for like training purposes. And you know, coaches got this huge local football club culture, if you will. And I think at some point, our principal was like, "Wait a second! <laughs> like everyone's good at football. We don't have a football tournament. <laughs> Let me start one." So just out of the blue came up, and I think it was good fun, man. And NPS had a pretty good team. I remember that. Um, we actually used to compete against NPS on a lot of things because hmm. I think they were the closest CBSE school to Delta proximity-wise. Because there was Delta in 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 Fort Kitchen, there was NPS in Billington. Everything else was in Ernakulam, right? Which I mean, back in the day when you think about it, like it was far away. It's like 14 kilometers away. It's across an island. So I think, but I used to think the NPS I, a lot. I, I, I used to think about it like a lot because till ninth standard, I was in Billington Island. So I, I basically grew up in Katari Bagh, which is in Billington Island. Mm-hmm. So going yeah. to that, crossing that bridge, and then going to Tevra, and then. Like that big side, thing, I was like, was a big thing, man. Like I was like, oh man, where that side? That. Oh, it's so cool. What about then? Then used to and I'd be like, why we're in the isolation place and the isolated place we're living in. There's nobody here, <laughs> you know, like that. But now, now, now that now that then we, my dad retired and then we, we moved out of Billington Island. We came to this place, Elangulam. Yeah. Where it's like you know you just like people are like walking up and like there's so much there's traffic there's like. Constant people like you know constantly people are coming at you all the time, and like here like you kind of like look back at them like oh those, that place is so peaceful man like it would be nice if I could just stay there itself you know the beach very true there, like it's like you know all that stuff you know yeah so actually and Haribari is also super pretty right like um, that I mean I love that the whole Wellington Island I think is is very well set that up trust, that, it's that interesting quarters, huh? so my dad's Uh, grandfather's brother Appu Alechin was a uh, engineer in the in the you know Royal British uh, Engineering Corps or something so he was one of the uh, original architects involved in oh. the construction of Wellington Island so Wellington Island is man made right like yeah, it's completely man made by the british so we have had you know we've seen these conversations we've had these fun conversations with him and he's kind of shown us some of his old drawings and stuff like how they used to do the math to figure out how many um um sacks of sand per square meter was needed <laughs> and you know back in the day right he's talking like you know pre world war uh-huh. and stuff and oh and he says some of these awesome stories on how Wellington Island was constructed and You know how, like at some point, they had to make these tough decisions, saying, "Okay, too much is not bad, so let's just pile it on." And then you have this, you know, sacks of sand just coming out of the water suddenly, and you're like, "Wow!" <laughs> But 
it's, it's interesting yeah so uh, i think uh, it's it's a pretty cool setup the whole like now that whole area, to it, one of my favorite parts of willingland is that portrust area we obviously we've been there right like that that place where that you know that that railway station was there that abandoned railway station in that portrust yeah. area that yeah. place was like for some reason i loved that place it was so nice It was like that's. I think that's where your dad's office also was, right? Like, I mean, the yeah, Harrison. Yeah, it's right. Uh, it's not too far away from the wharf there. You're right. Huh. Down so, the road. I went there for like because I did my I did my undergraduate in Chennai for three years. I did it in BBM and shipping logistics, right? So partly yeah, yeah. I did like one internship somewhere close to your dad's office, like uh, somewhere there only. Like I was in some shipping company or stuff. So I remember like oh, I remember that. I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah. I was quite close to that. I did an internship, I think for a month or something. I was there. I did an internship for a month. So, so that I remember seeing that Harrison's Malayalam place and stuff. Now, though, obviously, like now we can't get out of the house and go anywhere now because it's like very everything Seriously. is. Seriously, like I, I heard that they've kind of they've kind of taken a step back with those uh, those lockdowns, though, right? Like I heard it's no longer as enforced. At least it's improved. Which one? The lockdown. That in that place actually it's quite difficult because there it's like Kochana so the, the cases are quite high. And, so they still uh, have specific yeah you know, postcodes and mm. once you get out of that place, you no, know, then you're like some of the best aspects are like you can actually go to different like you can go to malls and stuff like that. Now I got a friend who still lives in Topmadi, so I'm like you're so cut off from everything else, right? Like you got like yeah. You know, like, yes, it's like, also you know, a very commercial. I think. Food culture in that entire area, maybe not as much in Topambadi or you know mm-hmm. other other towns next year, but at least food culture itself, mm-hmm. compared to what it was in the nineties, I think it's become extremely commercial. And I I still go back. Right? Like I mean, all my close friends still live in food culture, or their families mm-hmm. live in food culture. I mean, they're kind of all over the place at this point. Mm-hmm. But so I, we still go back, and when I'm in town, I kind of go visit their families or I catch up with them in you know our local haunts, if you will, and. Um, It's become so commercial, man. Like it's it's changed so much. Uh, so it, it's almost to the point where um, it's gotten way too commercial that it's not as exciting as it used to be. And now there are some really good spots in Ernakulam, which I think is is sometimes a bit more cooler than even Fort Cochin because the, so the vibes have changed so much. Speaking about really cool spots, like what is your favorite place to like chill? Like where where would you go? Like what's your favorite place to chill in Cochin? Like. Back in the day or now? Again, like yeah, back in the day or now, like any time, like whatever you want to say. Um, so I think, well, this is before I could drink or any of that. Right? Like when I was in high school. So I think the number one hangout place where all my friends used to come and chill was we used to live right on the channel, you know, right by the edge of the channel in Fort Cochin in an apartment called Baby Apartments. And you know that's where we were for. It's right across from Delta, right across the road from Delta. And you look over and you see the entire channel and the ocean. It's the tallest building legally allowed in 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 Fort Cochin. So I think the the apartment was constructed in '85, and after the apartment was constructed, a new norm came that made the entire area a heritage zone, and you can't build anything taller than three floors or four floors. So this is like seven floors tall. So the terrace used to be ultimate. Right? Like you could sit there, you look over these massive trees. So you see like a sea of green around you, and then it's the entire ocean and the channel in front. And then right on top of the terrace, you have a tank as well, right? Like these big water tanks. And you could go up and you could sit there and hang out. Like I think that was the number one spot where about fifty percent of my batchmates and I 
used to literally hang out on a regular basis especially by them we got to like 10th and 11th and 12th and stuff we used to have study sessions of like you know 10 people sitting on top of the tank just chilling so i, I still feel like it's it's one of my favorite um spots uh, even today spots. when i go to coach and i always go there um and some of my friends and i we, we try to kind of meet up and you know sit down and chat there and we still know a lot of people who live in the apartment um but other than that i think kashis was cool but there are also a lot of these other spots which i think now have become much more mainstream so if you go into mm-hmm. jew town in in matanjeri right like right by the waterfront you have these back in the day they never had cafes so it was these antique stores and things that you know that mm, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah i used to know the owners cuz you know the kids went to school with me they used to have these small chai shops at the back back in the day which are now become oh, more yeah. commercial so mm. those are like some pretty cool ones and then there's obviously seagull hotel like i think we've been going there ah uh, that lost is, track that's an so, iconic it's an iconic yeah, spot so, so, yeah. so we, i think the first time i went there was um again when i was super young and you know we went to eat fish at that point couldn't drink or anything but you, over the years it's become a stable haunt like we go there every time we knew pretty much everyone who used to work there at one point and mm. still i think you know quite a few who work there so that's pretty cool like i remember like for me like my like the thing is uh, i was only allowed like after 9th right after after i got out of uh, katari park because up till then it was all basically like school and katari park was all yeah. in the island basically right after True. that i test the the my favorite spot is always panampi nagar it's like all my meals that's where we live now that's where we live now but like that panampi nagar yeah. chaat shop is there no we used to oh, be there yeah, the dude, yeah, there was, yeah 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 that yeah, yeah. but that guy is gone now but like i like, think we used, my brother used to so Prashant did his eleventh uh, and twelfth in Girinagar, right? So I might be going Fort there now. Kuchin. I might be yeah, going there. Yeah, we we moved out of Fort Kachin after I went to undergrad, and uh, and I think Prashant used to go to Yadavs every day, dude. Like <laughs> that was his staple, a go-to place after school. I still remember, but yeah. No, because the thing is, like, it was like okay, um, it was close enough to uh, the school for the girls to come, so that I could get back True. home easily. and for the guys it was like you know okay a nice place to just sit and talk and just chill out and have chat or whatever and stuff it's not that like it's kind of close for us also so it was like the best place to do it but then and you know i guess now everything is removed like they've removed that entire stall from that place and they've they've cleaned up the the, the area people can walk in that place now and then you know yeah they put so the like, whole pavement in on the side yeah, and yeah. so people too. walk and all stuff it's like yeah there is one chart shop there but it's not the same like i guess it's we like where i pass from school i got that attitude of like okay everything is better in my time you guys suck <laughs> the younger people suck <laughs> but yeah i think it's also a function of how commercial the world has become in some ways right like I mean in all honesty I don't remember or it, it's a fact I mean there was one uh, awesome coffee shop I think what was it called called coffee beans coffee um, when yeah when I was in like high school right coffee beans yeah, yeah where was coffee that? beans that was the only one and then I mean we used to know like um, the, the owner's kid actually went to Pallikudam or Corpus Christi in, in Kottayam and we used to know her Nandita it was coffee beans then I think oh, that cafe coffee day no. came into town after I left for undergrad, and Coco Tree had just started. Because um, uh, it was kind of interesting. Like 
I don't think there was anything else. So a lot of these other things were like super cool, but now I think the world has changed, right? Like I mean, everyone's got so many options. You know, there's baristas yeah. and coffee days and all these other things. So maybe the world you know, has changed for the kids these days. You know, the the funny part about this is, you know, it's like if you hear somebody from Chennai or Bangalore talk about their cities and stuff like that, they'll talk about how like you know, Chennai has these many like uh, you know. Uh, malls or these many bars or these many pubs and the culture of the I'm like when when you start talking about Kochi you're like uh, you know we had Kokut that's true but it was awesome but it was just one and then Bay, and you know when Bay Pride I don't know if you were there like when Bay Pride Mall first came it was like the biggest thing for everybody you know Oh, we finally have a mall, and then now when you think about it, you're like, oh my god, we're such losers, you know. We thought Bay Pride Mall was like the big thing. Now we've got like you know Oberon, we've got like Lulu, we got all this stuff going on. I'm yeah, like, that's damn. the thing though, right? I think it was cool though. Like if I take yeah, a step back and I think yeah. about it, like I still, I still remember as a kid, we used to go to the GCDA complex and you know mm-hmm. the escalator and the small mall, and I think at, at that time that was super cool. and it still holds a different level of charm right i think the yeah. sad thing is um because we are so good at forgetting old things and going to the bigger and better things right so we have everyone runs to a center mall or runs to these things there's never investment put into upkeeping the older things but in reality if you put some effort into it these things are super cool because everyone has a nostalgic feel feel for these yeah. you can keep it as these small boutique things It will still hold value because people will go back. Like if if GCDA was still up and running, like it was super cool. And as a kid, I still remember that was the first place where you could drive a car all the way to the top to go park. It had an escalator. Like hell, man, I'll take my kid and go there any day and be like, hey, check this out. Yeah, it's small boutique. It's not as fancy as the other big Lulus, but it's still cool. It's got a different yeah. place in history. And I think I think we don't do that well enough, man. Like I think we all maybe it's it's our generation, right? Like we forget. what we really used to like and we go after the new and shiny and blinky stuff but um, i think that's one thing that's changed i've started thinking back on my childhood more after we had a kid and kind of reflecting on the small things so we were just sitting and talking the other day to you know amru and i and we were talking we were having some um, oh we were having feast ice cream and i was telling amru like i still remember the Kind of like the first one or two times I had feast as a kid, because we used to only have choco bars back then. Right? Like it was a plain choco bar. The feast was like this big, mind-boggling thing. Remember sip up? That shower. was the thing. <laughs> so, as, but if given an option, I would go spend that fifty paisa and get a chocolate sip up if I had. Uh, like it was better than feast any yeah, day. Yeah, any that day. That was the exact conversation. That was the thing. Oh, you bet me to the punch. But I was like, dude, I was like. Yeah, we need to we need to figure out you know how to get the little man his first sip up at some point because no that's the thing I, I was talking to Amru in, the, in one of the episodes we did right in the episode I did with Amru we were talking about this with Drove like he probably wouldn't grow up with that sort of some like you know going having samosas with his friends or like dude yeah. like he that um, you know he doesn't need to do it but then that they won't have that feeling you know of just like getting yeah. going going like you know there were days when. You know, it's raining, and like you go for some tuition classes or some something like that, or you go and play with your friends, and then it's raining, and then you guys, you guys decide, okay, let's just stop in the shop. We'll buy like a samosa and like limbo yeah, or dude, something like I that. Yeah, dude, I remember that. We'll buy, we'll have this, and then we'll go back home and all that. Oh like, yeah, you know, soda, soda. 
and we'd be like damn do you remember that we did, you were we were right there and you know we did this and we did that oh that was so cool you know and you know so those those are that's good but i guess there's also the other side of it like i mean this is this is where the commercial as you mentioned like the economic aspect of it comes in where like you know people realize after a point if you're a malayali after a point you realize that i can't make any money i have to leave <laughs> i have to go outside kerala this is the this is the thing that happens to almost every i've, I've seen this with every malayali kid like it's becoming yeah. more and more of a, like i don't know i guess it's a problem now with more and more malayalis especially this generation like they're leaving you know they just they just leave you know after a point they get to 18 they're like okay i've finished my studies here and now i'll go somewhere maybe chennai bangalore or wherever it is i'll go and finish my uh, the biggest college is, and, yeah more opportunities yeah. this this happens to every it was, it's interesting it though cuz what you said is an interesting thought right like i mean that happened to my generation your generation yeah. right like i mean would be five years apart i finished school right? i went to chennai yeah. but did chennai three years i was there then i now I'm, my job is in bangalore only basically <laughs> Exactly, and I think it's continuing to happen. Though, um, I was recently, you know, talking to a good buddy of mine, and he was telling me about um how things are playing out in the tech world in Cochin, right? Like in the info park and stuff like that. Um, I think there's a lot of fresh blood coming in with regards to new ideas. Um, you know, young generation companies popping up as startups. if that that whole shift can be kind of you know properly funneled and funded and stuff i think it'll be huge cuz traditionally that's what happened right? like how did chennai bangalore all of them boom cuz there was this whole software boom that happened and there was a tech bias it was you know attracting kids saying hey there are these cool things that we're doing beat in fashion beat in something else and i think traditionally when you come to um some of the other towns like say cochin or others we've been a bit more smoke stackish in the industries we supported there was definitely banking there was some retail you know there was a port obviously which is a big thing right i mean yeah. it's huge but it it's it's all what i call part of the smoke stack industries or things that you know happened in the past but you always want to blend that with some of the new age industries right be it fashion be it you know software so if we can incubate those the quality of life is good right like mm. quality of life in cochin is really good there's there's a the right amount of things that we can do and i think if we incubate those and bring more people in obviously that will automatically follow with you know more bars or more restaurants all that will happen it's just a question of getting funding to stay and i think it comes back to how the government and the local leadership kind of play into that storyboard so it's a tough one because uh, if if somebody was to ask me right like hey actually somebody did ask us very recently like if you cuz i left india when i was 21 years old to go study and it's now what 17 years or not 17 years it's been 15 years since i left india um somebody was asked me the other day like if you were to come back right you know would you go back to a bangalore or chennai or a cochin and in all honesty if i had the option i would potentially go back to a cochin but there's very little for me to do in cochin like i don't think i can make a viable living because the roles are very limited opportunities are limited and i'm not a very entrepreneurial guy yet right? like i haven't thought about starting my own business or anything i want to just you know work in the corporate side so then your options are limited to the big cities and i was like yeah maybe you know bangalore or chennai so i think that's a sad part like maybe people like us should also be like i will go back to kitchen and i will start something so this definitely you know this is what happens for us like to kind all of the time. Away to- whenever whenever we leave kerala now we kind of 
we become very entrepreneurial become very good at the job when we leave and then we come and then we have we completely forget about like you know uh, okay we're doing so well outside kerala and then people don't want to come back and all stuff like this is like that's the thing that was the thing opportunities are more you're right yeah spot on and the thing is like people i was having this discussion only with my dad only recently and so i was telling him that you know it'd be so nice if like you could like grow up in kerala and then like if you grow, imagine if you grow up in cochin attend a very very well known college or mm-hmm. university then also get a very good job in in that same yeah. city itself and live your life there itself like how great i mean people in chennai are able to do it for their people yeah. and people in bangalore are able to do it for their people and like what happens in our situations that we all have to leave we got to go there and then we got to like uh, you know live our lives there Start from scratch yeah you got to yeah. figure it out on your own so that no, is a bit right. annoying it's something for us to you know i guess government is just half of the equation right they can set up the framework to incentivize people to start cool things but the second half is we also need to have that mindset to take that risk and start new things and i'll be very honest i, I, I keep being at conflict with, with myself at times right like i'm like hmm okay when should i go back to india because i've been outside india for so long i'm like i should go back at some point and do something in india because that's home but then do i want to go start something from scratch or am i like super comfortable doing what i am and kind of continuing down that path and it's a debate and then you take a look at what happens from the the government side with regards to startups and stuff and you're like well it's 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 not easy it's not straightforward the opportunities are a bit better or more in some other places than you might have in kerala or maybe in india itself when you take a look at the whole indian storyboard versus the opportunities or funding support you get overseas you're like well okay it's better somewhere else so at some point i guess some generation has to make that hard decision and then work with the leadership but uh, yeah you're right man there's definitely a lot of opportunities it will happen though at some point it will because at some point chennai and bangalore are going to be so massive that people it's like it's like new york right like there are a lot of people who nowadays prefer not to be in new york but would prefer a chicago which is smaller than new york or instead of san francisco they prefer san diego in the us because they become these massive cities same thing in the uk there are a lot of people who prefer just outside london than london because yeah london super cool but you're like man it's just too expensive quality of life is not the best you're just always in traffic so at that point i think cities like cochin will explode so it's just a question of time i guess uh, some interesting yeah, decisions I mean, yeah i mean there's like i mean there are like there's some kind of interesting stuff happening in cochin like for instance like uh, i mean the metros come up so there's this like at least the super feeling, cool yeah at least the feeling is there that you know things are like well, things are changing you know people are like you know the city is becoming you know more modernized or whatever at least on the surface so, level some things are happening but i still feel like things are moving so slow in terms of like uh, you know like what mm, the, mm. what the potential could be you know i remember like there's this japanese company that came to cochin and uh, not cochin kerala it was nissan that came to kerala mm-hmm. basically and they wanted to open up a, a manufacturing plant over there like a unit basically in trivandrum or something like that and maybe i think even cochin also i think and uh, they said that you know I think some something happened the government the government like had some restrictions or some regulation regulatory issues were there and then they said that you know we we really we actually want to do it here only because uh these people here are highly educated they're you know yeah. they know the stuff and the quality too. and the quality yeah. of life that we have observed 
comparatively to the rest of the other part of the country is way better so why are you guys so hesitant in like putting this thing here and like as reading i was like what the hell is wrong with these people why can't they just say yes like recently like there was this kitex company that left uh yeah, yeah i read about that man that was kind of sad went, to hear and went to andhra pradesh and they invested like some 1000 bill some 1000 crores uh, right yeah 1000 crores, crores sure. like why why, yeah. why would you do that why would you just let let that go it's there like you know what is there all why can't you just maintain that <laughs> don't let that go please <laughs> like you know it's yeah, like yeah that's even the muthur group it's... went away even the muthur group like yeah i heard about that too up. in the mutru yeah. like you know enough we can't deal with the regulations here we got to leave and they're setting it up somewhere else and all stuff so i'm like uh, you know it's it's not good it is in terms of business and all that like you don't want to like it's not it's not a good thing it's not a good place to start i guess i think it's it's going to i think it'll come a full circle at some point right because um you have to find employment for youth and we have a lot of smart people and even see going to a bangalore or a bombay is not a viable financial solution for all because no, it no, does no, have its no. own yeah it's it's not easy right so at some point i think that disruption is going to happen um and i think it'll it'll be a big phase shift um it is exciting like I, i think there's a lot of potential so a couple of my friends they kind of packed up what they were doing overseas or doing in you know different parts of india they moved back to cochin and started businesses right like and they they come from like business backgrounds as well so they kind of did the corporate world for about 5 to 10 years and said okay let me go back and start something and it's interesting like what i hear from them is they actually land up getting very strong talent who are actually ready to come work in their businesses even for like a bit more of a lower pay rate if you will because these guys are starting startups they can't pay the best paychecks at this point because they're that excited about staying local so to your point i think it's 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 more a question of you know the opportunities kind of being put out there and i think that that you know reform will happen i'm sure at some point even big companies are going to start realizing it um, like i know like for example amazon is not amazon dude amazon put like they kind of they invested heavily in andhra pradesh and i think hyderabad i know they, they haven't up. made it to kerala yet yeah. they they are like they just completely side they didn't even look at kerala they were like there's no point because here we can't put up anything so they might as well put it up i was so irritated and i was like to what the hell man like you know i'm like i'm not i was, I was really I was, hoping they'll make a foray in like amazon or you know some of the others as well kind of yeah. see if they can put something so down for the government i was so pissed off the government i was like dude what are you guys doing like you guys talk about like giving jobs to people how are you going to give jobs like this and how are you going to like give money to people how are you going to like how are you distribute if you can't even start businesses what's the point of like having a government like, i don't want to get into politics but like it kind of irritates yes. me and frustrates me about you know <laughs> i think about that it's like it's, no, but it's, yeah. it's good right like i mean that's i think that that is the right sentiment like we should be thinking about it cuz only then can we drive change so especially like you know you are doing the two worlds if you will right like for now you are like staying in kerala working from home because of the pandemic but your work is in bangalore, bangalore. but then you see the two scenarios and you're like hey well i could have theoretically done this job from home the whole time or i could have worked in kerala and done this cuz i mean you were telling me like you know so many of your colleagues are all from kerala were all technically qualified who could have worked from kerala but are not so you're right i think uh, there's this there's good things that will happen but all in due course but how are things for you though like 
the whole storyboard of because I think you've been back and forth between Cochin and Bangalore and kind of worked in both places and stuff. Yeah. Given the opportunity, you know, it's would like, you would I you just, stick around? Like, if there were the right opportunities, would Cochin be home full time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as yeah. my, my better my my friends are there, I think that's where I would probably go. Yeah, it's very true. That's where I probably go to. So, like, if my friends are mostly in Bangalore, then I'd probably like go to Bangalore because a lot of them are like, a lot of them, a lot of my friends are like, okay, we'll, you know, they're all moving to Bangalore basically, and they're they're there. But like, it's funny because the minute you go, minute every time I go to Bangalore, I always miss Kochi, and then I'm like, <laughs> I miss like just being in the city and just like meeting, just like you know, just that that sense of like, you know, you just feel like you kind of everything is so natural, like you know, everything is so like. You feel like you're at home, you know. Even when you're not at home, like even if you just walk around the city, you just feel like you're at home because you walk around the place. You all the memories that you have of your childhood are all there. So like you go around there, you kind of like just look at all of that. And you kind of feel nice. You feel like a bit more comfortable and stuff. And then when you're at coaching, like you kind of feel like you're being too, you're being a little lazy and stuff. You need to like get out and stuff. You're missing out, yeah. You get yeah, you're missing out. You're missing out and stuff. And so then when yeah. I when I went to Bangalore this time, I started working. I was there for like the first month I was working, and then after that when this like when the pandemic started, like pandemic, I was started working during the pandemic only this year. So after a month, I was like, what? But what am I doing here anyways? I'm, if I stay here, I'll just be like wasting money on rent, and what's the point? You know, I mean, I need to save money right now, so I might as well just come back yeah. home and just save the money and then work here itself. Hey, what's the big deal? Now? That's no, right that's on. true. I think we we feel that too, because um, so what? I was in Cochin till I was twenty-one. Then I, I mean, till I was what seventeen. And I was in Chennai for four years. Then I moved to the US. Was in Michigan for three years. Then, like I said, I was living out of a suitcase, bouncing around thirteen countries over the next couple of years. Then back to Houston. So Houston's the next place where we stayed put for a long time, and we were there for almost seven years. So I think after Cochin, Chennai used to be what I used to think of as home, right? Like it was mm. almost like oh, but now I think it's Houston because it's like you said, we have so many friends back there, and we lived there for so long. So uh, outside Cochin now, if I was going to think about it, somebody asked me like, hey, "What's your second home?" I would just say Houston. It's no longer even Chennai because you know, friends have moved on, the city has moved on too. Because You don't even recognize also you much met, anymore. Also, you met Amru there, so it's kind of like a whole yeah, it's special got, yeah, place. A lot of, yeah, a lot of, lot of emotional ties. And we bought our first home there. Um, so, so yeah, I think what you said is true. It's where your you know friends and it's either friends or family. It's one of the two. And I think that's why it kind of defines what you consider home. I, you know, on, like on that, top of opportunities and such. Yeah. yeah. Good. Sorry. No, no. I just like I think what you said was very true. Like I, when I finished my school, I, I went to my schooling. I went to Chennai. I was there for three years, and I, even I also felt like for a while, like, you know, Chennai is like my second home because every time I would like after after college and all, like in the weekends, I would come and stay at. Well, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. um, like Amru's place, uh, you know, Velima's mm-hmm. house. Basically. So I would be there mm-hmm. like almost every weekend. Every weekend I would be there. Almost every weekend you could say. And I would spend like the weekends there and all stuff. Like I would like go to college, bring all the like laundry stuff and put it back at home. And then they would like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, you know, Velima, <laughs> Velima was very kind that you know she allowed me to do that. <laughs> But yeah. Uh, so But I think that's the that. cool thing for us. Like, like, because for Amru, Chennai is still home. 
homie Cochin so so it's like we have like a three way triangle like between Chennai Cochin and Houston so it's uh, it's, it's interesting but yeah it's, it's true very true fun times but fun yeah times. so anyways now like uh, you know i guess we've reminisced a lot about <laughs> Cochin and all stuff but yeah so let's uh, i mean i wanted to ask you like so now you're working at i mean you're working at amazon and you've like you obviously like you live you said you lived outside of you went at 21 from india and then you lived like for 15 years outside of india you worked in like so many different companies and stuff and you've had you have a lot of experience like what is the biggest thing that you've learned like so far in your like professional career like what is what is the one thing that you would like sort of like recommend to somebody who's like starting off their professional career what would that be um i think so it's interesting right like my background is in core engineering so uh, mechanical engineering is what i did for my undergrad and then in my masters i focused on combustion propulsion so again in the realm of mechanical engineering um and then i went into oil and gas and i worked for shambhaji for 10 years right so at that point it was a mix of mechanical engineering but i had to learn a lot about you know um geothermal or you know earth sciences if you will in some ways um geomechanics cuz you're doing drilling operations and things like that so it's not mechanical engineering you know longer building this machinery cuz i was in operations first you had to know how to actually you know drill an oil well do these different things and then i went into the engineering side of the business where i went back into mechanical engineering and started building the equipment used for oil and gas operations and such um and then at some point i pivoted from there and went into doing industrial internet of things right so so my slumberger career if i break it down i was in operations for about you know a third of it i was in core engineering for about a third of it then i was in all the the new new age tech prognostic health monitoring industrial internet of things and then i did i stopped all that and completely pivoted when i moved to amazon and went into supply chain and logistics I had no clue about supply chain and logistics and that's what i do so today i head what we call ultra short term planning and execution for europe for amazon logistics which is you know building to customer the last mile like the postman coming home right or the delivery guy coming home. um the one thing i realized and i kind of have learned it over the years is whenever we go to university or school and stuff you know right we always think that what we learned in school is what we might work and do which is true like i i did mechanical engineering i did build equipment um but if i look at my last four years of working career it's got nothing to do with anything i learned but more to do with everything i learned over the years on the fly on a regular basis right so yeah, this is actually officially coined by i forget the name of the person it's called a growth mindset it's not that i went and looked looked for a growth mindset i think it was just beaten into be my you know mom and dad and you know all the cultural experiences we have in india because you're constantly learning in india but the idea is you, if you're able to ask or tell yourself that i don't know anything about this but put the word yet at the end of it that's a growth mindset like right so i don't know how to ride a motorcycle yet or you know i don't know how to you know fly a plane yet so if you start doing that you will constantly keep learning and 
learning doesn't need to be going and doing a masters or a you know or a specific course or a certificate right it could be as simple as kind of sitting with a friend and saying hey man like i see you do analysis on excel can you teach me this one formula or hey i saw you kind of make that presentation and you know i saw the way you presented the intro can you kind of tell me how you thought through it i think that's the the most important thing to have is whenever you are starting your career or even at my stage where you know, I, i would say i'm you know halfway through my career let's say um being able to go ask somebody what they are doing and how they are getting to where they are and then taking away something from it is super cool cuz careers as defined in the past cuz back in the day people would get into a role and stay with a company for 40 years um current world they say usually a regular person has at least three careers in them right so you have your primary career which is between 10 to 15 years your secondary career which is maybe 5 to 10 years and your tertiary career which is your last 5 years and potentially all those careers are going to be very different in my case my first 10 years was oil and gas now i'm in amazon i'm in supply chain and logistics and maybe i might do something else in amazon next and maybe after this i might do something else but um if you can continuously pick up these nuances from each or every person you speak to i think it helps you to also kind of be ready to take on any challenge that comes down the road and you don't become obsolete right also you become super moldable cuz let's say that you know we decide that tomorrow we need to come back to chennai if i was an oil and gas person i'll be not possible out of yeah not possible right and um, but what i was able to do when i came into logistics was take the operational thinking and engineering thinking i had and come here and tell somebody hey teach me what you're doing and i know how to think i just don't know how you do something but i can put my thinking to what you do and i think that's given me the avenue now if i go to india i mean logistics is huge in india so that's an avenue i can look at but maybe i can take logistics and the engineering and combine it with retail which is maybe even bigger in india and go into something else so i think always asking that question those nuances and having that growth mindset to learn i think is is super important and like i said i never went looking for it and i don't think i'm an expert in it but i fell into it and i think it comes and usually if you are from india i think we have a growth mindset always cuz you're always competing like it's one place in the world where you can't sit on your laurels cuz everyone's always competing because opportunities are limited so you always learn like we are forced to learn stuff we don't like we call it mugging so we would have sat and learned it so throughout your life you do it you're like oh i want to learn this i want to learn. you keep asking that question so i think that's one thing i think is 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 a good takeaway and useful maybe that's damn interesting like you know i mean i've never heard of that using that word yet at the end of uh, yeah like i don't know but like i mean yet basically like you know that's pretty cool like you know maybe i'll try start using that i yeah, just you should <laughs> look it look it up like when you get a chance um i started reading upon it you know just not too far ago but if you start looking at growth mindset because i start i i give these small sessions to my team i have a pretty good sized team here in london that you know work with me and there's a lot of new graduates on the team right and then you know sometimes you realize that people are like man but i i went and learned financial engineering and i'm not applying it and they're like well but you're actually applying it in a different way and you know you might not know the nuances yet but spend time look at it so yeah go read up check it out you might like it it's called growth mindset there are some really cool ted talk videos on it too and i think that's a game changer for the next generation when they kind of think through things 
yeah i mean that's the biggest challenge like you know i mean at least for people in like i think i guess my age right now i think people are trying to figure out like um, i think i've reached the point where like my friends have started getting married a couple of my friends have like they mm-hmm. also like they have kids and stuff like that now <laughs> so it's kind of weird like you know as like 5 years ago none of this happened now 5 years like later everything things have suddenly started changing and then you got to like you know you got to also think differently and all that stuff and like uh, you know i mean there's no time to like sit back and sort of think too much about true. you know uh, or experiment also that too you know you got to just do it basically there's not much time left basically so like you know that's the thing that you know i guess our generation but there's still issue like you know people are still facing the problem of trying to like okay the biggest problem that i feel like a lot of people have is like okay i don't know what i'm good at how do i do something that how do i know what what i'm good at and how do i do that like tell me that and it's very it's a, it's the most difficult like it's the most difficult thing like people face like should i do something that you know like that i'm not happy with but you know pay me well or should i try to find out the thing that makes me happy and then do that i mean it's difficult because if you do that you'll probably spend your entire life trying to find it and you never find it but at least True. and and the other aspect is like if you if you work at this you'll never probably be that happy but at least you'll you'll have you know you have money and you can like you know just live your life the way you want to live it so it's very i think i think about it as a blend right like i'll be very honest like if somebody was to come and ask me like was oil your passion or was um was logistics your passion i'd be like hell no like you know the end of the day i like i love cars motorcycles planes and i like working with my hands so the the theme is i love automotive automobiles mobility anything or or energy right but mm-hmm. um to your point I, i'm a strong prescriber that the people tell you right like oh if you love what you do you will never work a single day in your life and all that stuff and that's never happened to me i'll be very honest um but the way i've kind of looked at it is how can you make your work something that you can love right it has to come back to a theme that excites you so for me when i went to oil and gas i mean the geomechanics or oil is not what excited me it was the fact that you had to use these insane machinery that had to get the oil out and that i was like yeah if i can interface with it i don't care if my daily job is super shitty but it's something yeah. that's interesting that's in there that i can play around with same thing in logistics right? when i did the pivot over like my thinking was i am actually not that excited about logistics as a space or supply chain like but i'm super excited about mobility at some point all this thing has to happen through electric means alternate mobility and i was like that's a thread i can pull on which is kind of attached to this larger storyboard so i think the way i think about it is like you said right you still need to have a good paycheck to have a good life and sometimes you got to do what you hate for a living but whatever that is if you can find a thread that links back to something you like mm. you can do it and then obviously you should always have your hobbies on the side that kind of keep you excited about whatever you want to do right your passions your interests yeah. and stuff and then the other thing i also kind of believe in and this is i'm guilty of too right like and it's it's an it's a it's a mentality that maybe comes from india or maybe from the rat race we can always run like hey i need to do this by this age i need to do this by this age i need to yeah. be at this point in my life by this age 
um i i prescribed to that too and i'm guilty of pushing myself really hard at times to get to things that based on that oh i should be here by this point and you know people tell me they point out too like say you're going to burn yourself out going at the pace you're going at but in reality in the current world i don't think that holds true cuz i know people who have done complete career switches or taken their own time till they like well into their you know careers or lives and then done well or you know got ex- like simple example like somebody is telling me this the other day uh, you know kentucky fried chicken right like the person who actually started it succeeded in like his 60s or 70s till then every business he tried kind of failed so that the whole concept that i need to get something done within a time frame i think is this chain simple example even having kids i still remember like you know a lot of people are like hey you guys haven't had kids you're like you know you're 30 you're you know you're north of 30 like we're we're in the mid 30s now and we had a kid when we were like 36 years old and but that's fine i guess there's, there's nothing wrong in doing it right i mean traditionally that's a taboo like you should have had your kid when you're like 28 yeah. but i'm so, i'm 28 <laughs> that's the thing like, so I, i don't think yeah I, i think the key thing is we kind of push ourselves um on these timelines and you know i think there's a lot of hurt in the traditional world Yeah, the trend is a lot of pressure. But the more the 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 current world has changed and I think we should let go of some of that pressure and kind of you know go with the flow to a degree. And again like I said, I'm guilty of doing all these things like and people point it out to me many times saying, "Hey, why are you pushing yourself so hard? Like do this or you know, this is not a race. This is not a this is not a sprint. This is a marathon." But I think yeah, as long as somebody can keep you honest and keep checking you, making sure that you're not losing sight of that yet like we spoke of i think you know there's always time to do things and yeah i think it's a good place to be i think people also say this like you know if you do the job even if you do a job that doesn't like that pays you but you're not happy with like at least like down the road at some point you'll probably be able to do something with the thing you like because Absolutely. like like for example most of the things that people like are not something that you can actually make a lot of money from So the reality is that you probably can't do it now but if you save enough money you could probably do that later in some you Very could probably true. like for example like if like one of my biggest the my biggest passion is like breaking my enfield and just going on for a ride like that's <laughs> the thing that I could do that like if somebody paid me money like just to keep riding around anywhere I would probably do that <laughs> like I could do that anytime is just that I don't have the money right now. I mean I do have I've saved up a little bit yeah. but still it's not enough but like If I if I could like if I had enough money and if I could like let's say like sh- like you know maybe like organize a bike trip and get people to like come and then you know make make that into like some kind of travel and tourism sort yeah, of blog thing or something or, like that. Yeah. yeah, that would be really cool for me. I would love to do that. You know, just like imagine like riding around. Little if if it become if I get a lot of money, I could ride around the world. But that's gonna be like very difficult. But uh, yeah, I mean that's one of the things that like. you know that i could like you know that's that's one of the things i would love to do but it's like so div- you can't i can't even imagine doing that right now because it's like yeah and i think I that's had- the thing you just need to you know that that's your target goal right like that's that's where you want to get to so mm-hmm. everything else is an enabler just getting you going along the way but but i think the key thing is never to look and kind of lose track of what that that thing is that you're excited about right because usually you get so caught up in the mundane day to day madness at some point you start losing track of it yeah you're yeah. still kind of keeping that that storyboard live in some way i think is super important um in anything that you do and 
Yeah, I think for me, like for example, similarly, right? Like I love, I love riding my motorcycles, or I love scuba diving, and at some point, that's the thing, right? Like go, go chill somewhere and just, just, just not worry about having to be in a corporate world 24/7 madness. But that's definitely down the road. But in the meantime, all you can do is do short bursts of it when you can, so that you still are excited about it. Because at the end of the day, after you do all this madness, you come to the finish line. And if you have lost interest in everything that you were excited about in the beginning, then everything else would have just kind of faded away, right? So that's true. That's true. Anyways, I think like we've spoken for 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 a bit of time. I don't want to keep you like uh, busy with something and all that. So I think we'll. Uh, I think no we could have had. We could have. We could have had to discuss. We could have continued talking for at least like one, like two hours or something about. Yeah, man. Something. Call me again. We can. We can catch up again. More than yeah, yeah, to sure, talk sure. To Always love sure. talking to you, sir. All right. I'll, I'll All right, see you Dad. later. Thank you so much Talk for coming on the podcast again. Yeah.